with my thoughts about the new school year, and <clears throat> I've just been reading Genesis, kind of the first book of the Bible, and uh, that's kind of like the preface, just to give you an idea of the first 11 chapters in um, the book of Genesis. Some authors say that uh, chapters 1 through 10 were written separately than 11 through the end. But anyway, uh, just thoughts for us tonight uh, from the book of Genesis, uh, mainly the first three chapters in regards to discipleship, in regards to returning back to school, um, in regards to the life that God calls us to. Amen? So, um, <clears throat> let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter uh, 1. I'm going to title <clears throat> tonight's message, uh, Black and White Christianity. So those that are taking notes, um, you guys can follow along. <coughs> <clears throat> so welcome to the new month of August and uh, who here has gone back to school already? Some of you guys, Kamimia and Kalama. Yeah? Sorry. Just not right. But anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited, uh, as I said earlier, <clears throat> not so much for school, but for the opportunity uh, that somebody who isn't here tonight, who doesn't know the Lord, has a chance to know the Lord uh, because of the lives that you guys live out in the world. Amen? <clears throat> Raise your hand tonight if you, a year ago, didn't really know the Lord, or you kind of did, but your faith maybe wasn't as strong, and you weren't amongst the unashamers. Raise your hand. <clears throat> yeah, awesome. There's a handful of you tonight. Yeah, almost like a third of you here tonight that weren't, you know, as vibrant in your faith with the Lord uh, as you are tonight. Amen? So praise God for that. And I'm hoping for the next third, you know, that aren't here. So um, let's pray. Yeah, and ask God to speak to us tonight. And then we'll, we'll dive into what it is God has in store for us. Father, thank you so much for <clears throat> the opportunity we have to open up your word, God, and really receive light, um, <clears throat> not like flashlight status, but really flashlight status, God. We are walking in the darkness, Lord. We are walking in this world, and we have no direction, God, separate from you. I mean, we are given directions, and we're given instructions, and we're given um, these uh, life plans, God, laid, be, laid out before us, but anything that isn't of you, God, is of the devil and uh, will not lead us to you, God, but will actually lead us away from you and away from the things that you have planned for us. So Jesus, we pray that through your word, God, and through your spirit tonight, God, you would give us uh, direction, you would give us purpose, God, you would help fine-tune uh, the walks that we, uh, the journey that we're already on, because we want to make sure that um, in the end, Lord, we are fully mature in Christ. And not only ourselves, God, but uh, those who don't know you yet. And Father, just, we just want to throw that out there already, God. I pray for the, the specific people that you know, um, that don't know you, Father, that need to know you. 
And maybe you're already ministering to them and you're already knocking on their hearts. Um, But through uh, some of the young people here, God, and through somebody in this room, God, they're going to come to know who you are uh, because of the lives that they live. Father, I pray that the miracle of Jesus Christ would happen where because you live inside of us, people would no longer see us, Lord, but they would see the handiwork of our maker and come to know you as their savior, Father. So we pray for them already, God. Continue to work in their lives and prep them, God, for that moment this year where they get to be encountered by your grace and love and mercy, God, for the first time. Um, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Hey, I'm super excited for um, ministry. I'm super excited when it comes to um, this summer. We've been talking about discipleship, right? Discipleship, yeah? Where Jesus said, go and make Disciples of all nations, right? Baptizing them, name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them all to command all that he had commanded them and taught them. Amen? And this whole mission this summer has been to teach you guys a little bit more than you guys knew in May. You know, June, we entered camp. And for those who came to camp, we talked about uh, Jesus returning. Yeah? I love uh, uh, one of the campers' response. Like, what was your highlight from camp? What did you learn? And they're like, "Uh, I learned that Jesus is coming back. And I'm like... I'm glad you learned that truth, you know, that Jesus is coming back. Amen. And now we're, Jesus is a little bit more in our lives and we're headed into this school year. And I got to tell you that there are people who we do not know that need Jesus. Opposite than your summer, they've had an extremely difficult summer. Maybe somebody passed away. Maybe they got uh, kicked out of their homes. Maybe parents lost their jobs. Maybe somebody is sick and dying. I mean, uh, just... Three weeks ago, uh, my entire family's lives changed, you know? One moment I'm talking to my dad, the next moment I'm calling 911 because he had a crazy heart attack, I mean, stroke, you know? And like that fast, a whole family and a whole life can radically change. And the truth is that life is full of trials and there's a chance, there's a high chance that not just one, but Maybe even more than a few of your friends, not the cool ones who have it all together, but the ones that maybe put up the front on the outside that everything's all good, but on the inside, they're really crying out for a real friend. They're crying out for a real purpose. And I am ecstatic to send you here out into the mission field of your schools. Yeah. And so tonight's message is black and white Christianity. Um, and so I want to start with uh, just right in the beginning. Yeah, Genesis chapter 1. Um, this week I was just reading Genesis. And just, I mean, I've read this a ton of times, but just reflecting. I love that we can read things uh, one time and two times, three times, and sleep on it and re- revisit it another time and get a whole different revelation. Amen? Because God will put you in a different season, in a different scenario, and he'll teach you something different, and you'll look at the scripture that you've read a ton, a ton of times and learn something new. Why? Not because it's saying something different, but because we have a master who wants to teach us a brand new thing. Anybody want to listen to a brand new thing tonight? Huh? Anybody want a brand new thing for the Lord tonight? Yeah? Okay, here we go. So Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, yeah, God. I love those first four words. In the beginning was God, yeah? God is the the pre-existing one. 
Like he existed before everything here existed, which means everything here that exists came from God. Yeah? Like this world is God's and everything in it is God's. Uh, Colossians says, in him all things hold together. And there cannot be a conversation about life and about the world without God. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys caught that in my prayer earlier, but I was thinking when I was praying that God, like there's not a single person on this earth, present and past, that hasn't had an opportunity to be confronted by the all-existing God. Why? Because he's written on everything. Romans chapter 1 says he's clearly seen in the things that he's created. Not just in creation, but in humans. Amen? In humans. So anyway, so God was from the beginning, yeah? And, and we got to take this whole story by faith. Why? Because nobody was there, right? Nobody was there. Not only this theory of how we came to exist, but of what? You guys are heading into school? Of all theories, of how earth came to pass. You guys following me? Like we believe as believers in intelligent design, in creationism, that God was there and he was intelligently creating all things deliberately. Amen? He was putting all things together as we're going to read. We're not going to read the whole section, but you can read the story of the first six days where God said, and it happened. Amen? The writer in Hebrews, so you can fast forward to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, and the writer in Hebrews says that we got to take this story by faith. And he goes on to say that uh, all the things that are visible weren't created by visible things. Yeah, all the things that we see, all the things that we know came from the very heart and mouth of God speaking them into our lives. So a little snippet for you guys as you guys go out into school, for science teachers or other teachers, history teachers that are only teaching you about evolution and the Big Bang Theory, tell them to teach you about the other theories. Because the truth is, nobody was there for the Big Bang anyway. And although they have evidence of it in fossils, hey, just follow this, they have zero evidence of evolution. The only evidence they have is in fossil fuels, like fossils that they discover, but nobody has actually, like Darwinism's like change of kind, nobody has any evidence of one species going to another species. They have a morphing within the same species, right? Different types of birds, different types of fish, but there's no evidence where a fish became a bird. That would be kind of action, but it didn't happen. Amen? So anyway, in the beginning was God, okay? What's the next thing that is there? So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, yeah? <clears throat> Verse 2, the earth was without form, it was void, Darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So this is prior to God creating everything. What was present? The Spirit was present. What else was present? Come on. Come on. What else is present? Huh? God was present. The Spirit of God was present. What else is present? Come on. Waters was present, and what else was? 
What else? It's not, just read it. It's, it's, not, it's not a trick question. We just read it. And darkness, yeah? So God is there. His spirit is there. Waters is there. Praise the Lord. Okay? And darkness was present. Okay? We're going to come back to that. Verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning on the first day. Good? I love how, like, God didn't create sun, moon, and stars yet, and we had day and night. You guys like that? That's kind of cool, man. So, so God starts with this formless void kind of chaotic mass yeah god creates that before he creates light there's water darkness and it's like empty god doesn't say that that's good into that darkness god creates what light and then to the light that he created what does he say that that light that he created was good so now we have two things that are there, God and his spirit, of course, but we have light and we have darkness. Of one, he says it's good. Of the other, he doesn't really address. You guys know what like, the, the literal translation of darkness is? Like what, what is the definition of darkness? The absence of light. Crazy, huh? Like the, the absence of light, like in the beginning was this darkness, yeah? And darkness was there because light wasn't there yet. <clears throat> so God says that the light is good and he doesn't really address the darkness. But the darkness is present. What else does God do with the light and the darkness? Huh? Yeah. He separates, yeah, or divides the light from the darkness. Right from the beginning, we have God and we have his spirit, but we also have what? The light and the darkness present in the beginning. God is there, but we have, yeah, the light and we have the darkness. Good? Okay. <clears throat> All right, so let's fast forward to um, chapter 3. Okay, so pretty much God uh, creates. He says it's good. God creates again. He says it's good. God creates again. He says it's good. Into this, he creates man. And into man, he says it's good. And then what's the first thing that God says isn't good? Come on, ladies. You guys got to know this. Yeah, that man is alone. It's not good for man to be alone. So from the very rib of Adam's side, he creates Eve, amen? And Eve, and I love that analogy. Yeah, uh, uh, Pastor Sean made a, uh, a reference to that this, this last weekend, but he takes it from the side of Adam, you know? And really, that's a symbol of where uh, like wives should be and husbands should be, not in front or not behind, but right on the side of each other. Awesome? Awesome, yeah, so good, okay, so good. Um, so it's not good that man should be alone, so God creates Adam, God creates Eve, 
into their lives, God gives them rule over everything that God created. God creates them intelligent. How do we know that Adam and Eve were intelligent right from the get-go? Yeah, that Adam, yeah, had a chance to name all the animals. Which is kind of cool. Like, there wasn't even language, right? He's like, I don't know, you know, you know, like, I don't know what he was speaking then, but anyway, it's written in Hebrew, but who knows what came out of his mouth, you know? But what we have today is so different. I mean, every, I mean, I get kind of sick sometimes about copycats. Like, how many original things are there in this world? You know what's my favorite show? Shark Tank. Anybody like Shark Tank? Yeah? Or, or uh, how it's made? So good, right? So good. I mean, Shark Tank is so good uh, for me because this is the 21st century. There's some brilliant minds that have come across this earth. And the fact that people are still creating brand new, creating brand new things just amazes me. Yeah? And that's the type of God we have. So Adam, intelligent from the beginning. Amen? Adam and Eve gave the, the opportunity to rule over everything that God created. So right from the get-go, you guys can write this down. Uh, <clears throat> that Adam and Eve, they were created in God's image, right? So they were created, they were chosen, they were equipped, and they were trusted. Adam and Eve were created, they were chosen, they were equipped by God, and then they were trusted by God. Amen? Like what a loving God we have, yeah? God created them. He didn't have to, but he did. And not only did he create them, but he said, it's good. Yeah, I created one of them, and it wasn't that good. I created another, and that was even better, you know? So God created both of them, yeah? And then God chose them for a specific task. And to that task, he equipped them. Like he equipped them before he actually gave them the task, you know? Like when God created them, he created them intelligent. And then he gave them a task. He created them. Yeah. He chose them. He equipped them. And then he released them, which means he trusted them to do the very things that he wanted them to do. You know? Hey, I created you to be a masterpiece, to be uh, the very things I created you to be. Go and do it. Yeah, I love the freedom that we, we have in Christ. So many people say that, oh man, Christianity is all about rules. No, man, it's all about freedom. Christianity is not about rules. For those who think Christianity is all about rules, you don't know our God. Yeah, because you just read a little bit of scripture and it says where the freedom of, or where the spirit of the Lord is, there is laws. No, right? Right? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is rules. What? No, that's, that's the wrong Bible. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? Everybody say that. Freedom. freedom. Come on, everybody say that. Freedom. freedom. See, the reason why you guys have to say freedom, okay, and that's almost Braveheart-ish. I know, I know. Parker, I like that. I like that. Braveheart fans out there? Braveheart fans, freedom. As he dies? No? Just me and you, Parker. Love, man. That's, that's what. Parker, you're my man. You're my man. Okay. <clears throat> It's good for us to understand that our God is about freedom because everything else in this world is about rules and rule breakers. Yeah. 
And re we really just want to be about the ruler, you know? The king of all kings and the lord of all lords, okay? All right, so I'm not going to read the whole false story from chapter 3. I mean, you guys kind of know the story, right? The tree is there. So the trusted part, right? So God, what did he do? He created them. He chose them. He e equipped them. And then he, he trusted them, right? So the trusted part, right? So in the garden, right, is the tree of, come on, come on, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? And God gives them a, com a second command. What was the first command? Be fruitful and multiply, right? First command. Do what I created you to do. Make babies. Adam's like, gee -hee. okay, right? <clears throat> right? The world has kind of tainted that, yeah? The world has tainted that, amen? But that's a godly thing. Hey, that's a heavenly thing. Amen? We have a, a brand new attendant tonight, yeah? First time, I think, a newborn to Monday night. Amen? Shaka, um, Brother Austin with a little baby. Hee <laughs> hee. Okay, it's good. It's good having a new life around us. Amen. That's godly. Amen. That's a godly thing. Okay. So into the trust part, God says, hey, here's the tree of knowledge, good and evil. There's great fruit on there. It's not for you. Eat of anything else. Consume of anything else. Just not of that. The serpent comes, deceives Eve. Eve's like, I don't only want what God gave me. I want more. Amen. I want more. I'm not satisfied with what God has given me already. I want more. I want to be like God. How was she deceived? What was the deceptive trick in there? Or, or what's the, what's the, what's the, yeah. Why, why, why to be like God is, is, what's the word? Why is that an odd thing for her to be tempted by? Because she's a girl and God's probably a guy. Well, God's formless. He's genderless. But come on, come on, friends. Why is that a, an odd temptation to be like God? Yeah, because she was already made in the image of God. She was already intelligent by God she had everything that God created and she was already a part of that and ruling over that with Adam she had everything yeah that came from the very mouth of God all the perfect things she was perfect yeah and she was ruling over the perfect things of God like she couldn't have been more godly in that moment and yet the serpent comes and he says hey you're still lacking something, and I want to give you more. And there's going to be temptations, not just for Eve, but for us this year. To do more, yeah, with your life than God really wants you to. God says, wait for a spouse. And, and some of you guys can be tempted, yeah, to have sex this year. Yeah, God says not to get drunk and you guys going to be around worldly friends, yeah, and worldly families who get drunk on a normal basis. Amen? 
the temptation to have more. Anyway, so the trust is there, right? We know what the story is. Eve eats of the apple. Adam is not off the hook. He's right there, okay? I just want to read the fallout of their actions, okay? So let's pick it up in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and the dust you shall eat. All the days of your life I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat. Curse the ground because of you. In pain you shall uh, eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat. Of the plants of the field, uh, by the sweat of your faith, uh, by your face, you shall eat bread uh, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. My message tonight is black and white Christianity. Because of their uh, disobedience, because of them wanting more than what God already provided. The serpent was cursed. Eve was cursed. And Adam was cursed. Yeah? To the serpent, yeah, was he cursed by? That he would live on his belly, that he would eat of the dust, yeah? That he would, um, what is that one? Uh, That he was separated from the woman, yeah? And that he, he would be like, Healed in the head, you know? So he gets cursed. Eve gets cursed. And all the women in here are like, oh, Eve, why? Yeah? Childbearing, amen? So pretty much there's only like Kayla here who can testify. Oh, and Ta- oh, Tasha, she left already. Anyway, you know, of like the pains of childbirth. And then she would be ruled by her husband, you know? Ruled by her husband. Amen? No, not amen. Right? Come on, ladies. You're like, oh, no, not good. Okay? And then for Adam, right? So the ground was cursed because of him. He would have to work the land. Yeah? He would have to, in pain, work the land just to eat. Why? Because they fell. Because within their relationship with God, that was seemingly white, and light into there was this gray area. And in that gray area, yeah, is where all our decisions are made. That question that came along, hey, do you want to be more like God? Hey, do you want to actually be God? Hey, let's not go along with God's decision-making process. How about you make the decisions? In this process. That's pretty much what the serpent is saying. Hey, don't let God call the shots, Eve. Adam, no. God gave you the chance to rule over the land. Just be the ruler of all. 
Why let God call the shots? Why not you call the shots? Why not you be God and know what the difference between good and evil is? Crazy, huh? And you know what the, you know what the, this is the 21st century. And you know what the very thing we don't know is what the difference between good and evil is. We still don't know. We pass laws about crimes, right? We have same-sex marriage that is passed. We have marijuana that is passed. And what is the one law that's been passed for like the last over 45 years? What is the one law that got passed, the one case that got passed in the 70s that absolutely changed the world that we know now? Roe versus Wade. Abortion. Where it gave women the chance to choose when life begins and when life ends. It's not even funny. There's a study, there's a study, uh, and I've, I've I'm not sure why God put this on my heart, but anyway, I'll share it with you guys real fast. There's a study done in Hawaii from 2007 to 2011. It's like a five-year study of 10 different ways that people have died in Hawaii, not counting health-related. So like random acts, right? Falling, uh, drowning, murder, run over, like choke to death, like shark attacks, like so the top 10 ways, right? So in five years, the top 10 ways that people have died accumulated to about 3,000 people. So 3,000 people in Hawaii died by these top 10 causes, okay? Just random causes, okay? You want to know how many, on the average, babies are aborted in Hawaii in one year? 5,000. In five years, over 25,000 babies are aborted in our home state. You know how many is that every day? 15. Somebody gets eaten by a shark and that's number one on the news. 15 people get eaten by a shark and they're hunting sharks and nobody's going in the water. Our world is twisted. Nobody talks about abortions. I'm telling you, the world that we live out there they don't know the difference between good and evil. Why? Because it's man determining that outcome. That's the very temptation that Adam and Eve was faced with. Hey, don't let God determine what good and evil is. You determine what good and evil is. Eat of this apple and your eyes will be opened. And rather than being opened, their eyes were closed. But our eyes can be opened now. Why? Because we have God's word and we have his spirit. And so my question to you tonight is, what are you going to be the author of this year? Are you going to be the author of light and life? Or are you going to be the author of darkness and death? You have the choice. The worldly people don't have a choice yet. Because they don't know the light and they don't know the Savior. You here tonight who know of Jesus Christ and know of his gospel message and his love and the cross that he endured and the pain that he endured for you, you not only know of that, you can give references to that in the scriptures. You not only know it in knowledge, you know it in heart. 
you know that God loves you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And so the choice isn't for the world on what type they, uh, of life they're going to live this year. The, the choice is for you. The choice was for Adam. The choice was for Eve to, to see what kind of life they were going to choose. A life surrendered and submitted to God or a life surrendered and submitted to their own self and their own desires. Because they chose to live in disobedience and darkness, they brought death with it. That would be the worst thing that could happen. I mean, I'm so ecstatic that you guys have a chance to bring life this year. As excited as I am for the opportunity for you guys to tell somebody about Jesus and encourage somebody about Jesus because I've seen it happen before, is on the flip side, I would be so disgusted to see you guys not here anymore. To see that, that, that you didn't lead somebody to Jesus. You actually strayed somebody further away because you repped Jesus a little bit on your post and you, 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 you have a Christian clothes that you wear and then you live a life counter to the life that Jesus actually calls us to. So you represent Jesus in what you say and, and maybe what you image, but your lifestyle is counter. And that's actually drawing people further away from the Lord than closer to the Lord. And that would be the worst that could happen. Because not only would they be further lost, but you could lose yourself in that process. And I love you guys. And you all know here who've been here in a while like you've come for a while, you know that there are people here that are no longer here. And it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. I want to make sure that all of you continue to walk the walk of the Lord. I'm willing to give my life for that. But it's not my choice. It's your choice. You're going to choose God tomorrow morning when you go to school. You're going to choose God tomorrow night after school. You're going to choose God when you forget about this message. You're going to choose God when the temptations, and you know that they're temptations, come knocking on your doorstep. Are you going to choose that route and determine what is good and bad in your life or you are you going to submit to the Lord? <clears throat> God is not going to change. God will still be good. God will not leave you, but he will walk with you as you disobey. Let's continue. <clears throat> so in, in those same verses, yeah, in those same verses, and I'll just finish here. This is good. Okay, this is God's goodness. This is how good our Father is. In the same verses that we just talked about, isn't only cursing. I mean, I, the first time, I, this last week when I read it, I'm like, God, you're so good. I kind of hyped it up a little bit for you guys because it, it actually was really bad. You know, what Adam and Eve did, like, really wrecked us all. Amen? Like, we could actually all be here today sinless. How crazy is that? You guys understand that? 
Like if Adam and Eve kept on doing what they were supposed to do and keep on having kids, we actually could be here today sinless. Crazy. Yeah? Like, like a whole different Bible. You know? Like walking with God all the time. Crazy, right? But anyway, that's not the story, right? The story is they did disobey, but things changed. Okay, so for the serpent, right? So the serpent was cursed, but it really wasn't that bad. Why? Where was, the, where was the good in the serpent's cursing? That through the serpent, God was going to bring his redemptive process. Ultimately, Jesus. Like the serpent so dumb that he would ultimately like crucify Jesus and because of Jesus dying on the cross, we get forgiven of our sins and we get to have eternity in heaven. Amen? So even in that cursing, really, it wasn't that bad. I mean, bad for the serpent, but good for us. Amen? So Eve, right? Child birthing pains. I'm glad I'm not a woman. Okay? Ruled by her husband. Yes, not good. But she gets to have children and she gets to have a husband. How awesome is that? Like, that's really not that bad of a curse right? Adam, right? So this land, toil, in pain, he's going to have to work. What about Adam? He gets to have a wife, he gets to work, he gets to eat. Amen? Like even in the midst of their disobedience, God was good to his promise. Amen? Adam and Eve sinned, They played hide-and-go-seek with God. What did God do? Yeah, he talked to them. He related with them. God clothed them post-sin. You guys remember that? They're like tea leaf, you know, right? They got leaves on them because they're like naked and ashamed. And God's like, I know you feel naked and ashamed, Let me clothe you with clothes. Amen? Like we have a good God. God's not going to change. Amen? He will love us. The question is, how deep is our love for him? How many of us are going to sin this year? Raise your hand. Amen? We're all going to sin this year. But can we sin in a redemptive way? We're I love what Pastor Josh Marburger always said. When you mess up, fess up, and keep on walking with Jesus. Amen? Rather than messing up and messing up and messing up and walking away from Jesus. Amen? We want to live, and write this down, with ongoing repentance. Yeah? That small little six-letter word, repent, needs to be on our lips. Because in our error, that's inviting God into our mess and he's a mess like cleaner amen like that's just what he does so even into our messy lives we want to invite the messiah in there jesus christ to come and have his way so we want to live with ongoing repentance amen so god's going to do his thing this year my question is whose side will you be on And you know what I've been praying this week? Is that God 
would make everything black and white to you. Like when you look at things, it would be either from the pit of hell or from the very streets of heaven. You know? It would either be full of lies and darkness and death or you would look at it and be like, man, this is a good thing that is from God. So you guys will be, it'll be easy for you guys to make a decision. The scary place is the, the gray area, you know? Let's not live in the gray. Let's know what the truth is so that when we are presented with the question, we already know what the black and white part is. Amen? Um, so I love you guys, and we'll be here. Amen? Go, Jocelyn. Question, go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if it, so the question is, if, if it was man's curse to work, is it ungodly for a godly man to, stay, to be a stay-at-home dad? I don't think so. I would totally be a stay-at-home dad. I don't think that would be ungodly at all. I think that would, actually, being a father is, like, like, if you're a husband, that's your number one role. Like, for me, like, I'm planning on getting married. And, and, and the thing for me is, that, that I, I love you guys so much, but you guys are going to take second place in this. You know? Like if it comes to it and God's like moving in Steph's heart and she's like, I think God has telling us to go to Africa. I'm going to have to leave all those who I love and go. You know? So my number one role would be to be an honorable husband and then if, we, if God blesses us with kids, to be a trustworthy father. You know, so, but even within that, like, I think the definition, you're asking me what, the, the real question is what, what is work, yeah, yeah, what is the definition of work, and I can talk to you more about that later. I mean, like, Jesus says the true work is to believe in Jesus, you know, in, in, in John, Jesus says the true work of a believer is to believe in the one whom was sent, so, amen, like, that's a world shifter, yeah? I think, I think, Jocelyn, what you're doing is you're coming into it with a worldly perspective of what work is, you know? Like, I think some of the greatest work we can do as believers is pray. Yeah. Pray for others. Yeah. Like, last night we were praying here. Uh, every last Sunday night we, we pray at our church. And last night I was just praying for you guys and this year and that God would really give somebody here a burden for their school. Like, I've only seen it in a few people. Yeah, where God would make you guys like sick in your stomach because of the sin that is in your school. And then not just sick in your stomach, but prodded to action. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor had it this last year. Like what God gave her was like, I haven't seen that in, in too many young people. I think of the stories like Francis Chan. Francis Chan prayed for, like he would go through the yearbook and pray for everybody by name. And then he would call up like, he called up like every friend that he knew and just before he left school just to tell them, make sure that they heard about Jesus and the gospel message. Like, that's only from God, you know? And that's kind of what I've been praying for you guys, that God would give you guys a burden, that God would make things real black and white for you so that we can just live in the light, amen? <clears throat> so let's stand and just give me a chance to just pray for you guys this year. <sighs> hey, just hold your hands out, palms up. <clears throat> I just want to pray for you. Jesus, I just, thanks so much for tonight. 
thinks that you're here, that you're present, God, that you birthed this message in me, God. And I really feel that it is, it is your message that you want to communicate, Father, to all of us here tonight, that you love us, that you gave your life for us. And what a great honor and privilege it would be, God, for us to give our lives, Father, so that other people get to come to know who you are. And Father, we can't do this on our own. Jesus, we need your Holy Spirit, Father. So every hand, palm that is facing up, God, whose hearts is also attached to that, those here, God, who want more of you, who, who don't want to stray from the light, who don't want to lead people away from the light, but rather they want to live in the light, live in the truth, and draw other people there, Father, I pray, God, for that person that you would fill them, God, with your Holy Spirit. You've created them, you've chosen them, God. You've equipped them and you're trusting in them, God. And so with into all of that, Father, I pray that you would breathe your life, Father, into them, that you would release your Holy Spirit onto them. Hey, and each one of you, man, just symbolically, just, just close your hand, just grab a hold of the Lord. Father, I just pray for each person here who just really is meaning this prayer, that they really want to grab a hold of you, God, and not let go of you. Father, I pray that you would do the same, Lord, that you would grab a hold of them and work in their hearts, Father. I pray for that person in here, God, who uh, that you want to share, uh, you, you want to give them like the, the, the burden for their school. Or in the midst of their, their schoolwork and sports and activities, God, that they're going to day after day <clears throat> Just hear your voice, God, to pray. Hear your voice to witness. Hear your voice, God, to, to make a difference. Father, I pray in, in all of this, you'd get all the glory, honor, and praise. And uh, yeah, we just give you, give you all, the, all the thanks, Father, tonight. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. <clears throat>